Hey there, John here. We are so glad you're listening to the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. If you're new to the show, I hope you find something here you'll enjoy and that gives you a reason to come back. If you've been listening for a little while or a long while, as is the case with so many of you, I want to ask a favor. Would you consider introducing us to just one friend this week? There's really no better method of advertising than word of mouth. Pick a friend who shares your sense of humor or interests, even if they don't know what a podcast is, and tell them why our show has become a regular listening for you. And be bold. Help them get a podcast app on their phone and walk them through how to subscribe to the show. We love that you're here and would greatly appreciate your recommendation. Thanks for your time. Now, let's get on with the show. Great, Scott. What's up, Gen Xers? I am Stu Monkey. I support Gen X grown-ups on Patreon because it's a lot easier than trying to get a 1982 DeLorean to 88 miles per hour. Just go to genxgrownup.com slash Patreon to learn more. And now, why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel website and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listener, to this episode 123 of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. I'm John. Joining me as always, you know, is Mo. Hey, everybody. And it wouldn't be a show without George. Hey, George. Hey, how's it going, guys? In this episode, we boldly go on board the USS Enterprise with the newest entry in the Star Trek franchise, check out some award-winning software to improve your user experience when accessing Wikipedia, and play a beloved multiplayer tank combat game now newly available for your mobile device. Before we get into those topics, though, and many, many more, it is time to talk about some fourth listener email. We know there's the three of us. We're always going to listen, but if anybody else does, you're the fourth <laughs> listener. And the fourth listener this time around is longtime listener supporter Uno Clay. Oh, yeah. Uno Clay wrote in with the subject line, I'll do my best impression, honored film ranking pain. Not, not great, but nah. he's, <laughs> sorry. he's clearly writing in talking about our Arnold Schwarzenegger top films of the 80s starring Arnold, right? So he listened to that and he wrote in with this email. He says, I'm only partway through your ranking of the Arnold Schwarzenegger films episode. But even as I write this, I was already surprised when you put True Lies above Total Recall, which I couldn't really agree with myself. But then again, I haven't seen True Lies in ages, so I gave you the benefit of the doubt. Mm. Uh, I yeah, mean, I was so, kind of on that same bandwagon. I didn't think True Lies should be above it but that's the way the points worked out that is how they worked you know and i loaded true lies i think because i think i like it a little bit more and you guys were on that bubble i think it helped yeah i think i i pushed it a bit so but i will agree with him 100 here when he says but the idea of putting conan the barbarian above total recall simply made me realize that this ranking is entirely invalid well then why are you bothering <laughs> listening to the rest of the podcast go to hell home <laughs> <laughs> He might, he might have been home. He says, Conan is a simply terrible film. And I say this as a full Gen X here with all the requisite nostalgia that is required to say such a judgment. I beg to differ. He is no longer a full Gen Xer. Sorry. You just lost nope. credibility. Not with me, you know, Clay. 
Conan well, was a absolute. We've ludicrous. already established you don't know what the hell you're talking about when it comes to movies. <laughs> <sighs> I think you just you have you're looking through Conan with rose colored Schwarzenegger glasses. I think was it is. No, they were blood colored glasses. Appropriate. See, that's what yeah. it is. All the spatter of the blood on your, your face. <laughs> hey, any movie that can turn a snake into an arrow is fine by me. That's all I'm. <laughs> Yes, uh, good point. Good point, George. Is that all it takes? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, for you, if there's a puppet in it, you would have loved it, right? Well, it's two to one against me and Uno Clay votes, so it's a hung jury. We're going to say no, it's, it's, it's <laughs> not a hung jury. It's our podcast. Oh, <laughs> uh, hardly. Oh, uh, okay. Anyway, he goes on to say, I think many people would agree that Total Recall may be his best film, if not for the Terminators. And although I'm totally willing to hear arguments for Predator, I got to say, you just lost me there. I think yeah. part of our argument for for pushing it that far forward was you get none of those other films if it were not for Conan because his earlier attempts yeah. before Conan oh, geez, were terrible. killing what little career he might have had after that. Mm-hmm. Conan mm-hmm. is what gives you Total Recall, Predator, True Lies, whatever else you want to call afterwards. I think that was what our argument was back then. That was your argument back then. Yes, I yes. <laughs> I, I agree with him on that. I, I don't agree that that makes it a good film. I agree that that film had to have some success for him to then launch and do these other films, but that doesn't necessarily make like it then was you go and award the most important film in his canon. Not that it was the best film of the list. It was the most important film in his canon. Mm, I mean. <laughs> It was up there. I thought Terminator might be a little bit more important, but yeah. I'll give you that. Oh, Terminator for sure might, oh yeah. Terminator yep. might be a more important. It's just, you don't get to Terminator without Conan. Oh, true. Again. Yeah. But I mean, we had this argument Otherwise, before. You, you, get want to- Va- <laughs> you get Van Damme in Terminator. And what kind of movie would that have been? I guess we could make the argument over, or you could just replay that entire backtrack. We make the argument <laughs> in the first place. So we're, we're doing not. a wholly different podcast now. We've yeah. given up on the regular episode. Nobody's going to change our minds here, I'm sure. But we went through it all. Uno Clay, we appreciate you listening and writing in. He wraps it up by saying, "Huge fan of the show. Keep up the good work, Uno Clay." Uh, it's doesn't he didn't write it, but I guess it's implied, except for this episode. Probably is what he meant. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes you know you like the ones that you disagree with more. You know, it's sure. More interesting. Well, it, it gives you more to talk about, right? Yeah. Back padding it only does so much but when you're writing to go you guys are full of shit at least we have something to react to right yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly we appreciate it. hey thank you again for writing in we love that you did we love it every time the fourth listener takes time out of their day to write in if you'd like your email featured here on the show you know how easy it is just hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com we we'll read every single one and most of them just like who know clays will eventually <laughs> make the show all right gents with a good business behind us let's jump into the body of this episode 123 right after this stick around Guys, for the last few weeks, we have been checking out Factors ready-made meals. Now, they tell us that eating better is easy with their delicious ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, ready to go in two minutes. All that is great. It wouldn't matter if it didn't taste good. So, mm-hmm. I've, we've, I've had several. I've been eating them every couple of nights. I'll try one of these Factor meals. And then I had this turkey chili, and wow, was that good. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, my fiancé is vegetarian. Is vegan actually so i went with the, yes. with the vegetarian option oh mm-hmm. okay and you did for the whole box okay yeah for the whole box you know because they have like over 35 different options you can choose from like every single week mm-hmm. so i went with the vegan option or the vegetarian option and let me tell you they were pretty freaking amazing yeah matter of okay. fact she yeah. stole half of them one to start with wow. <laughs> she took so. them from you yeah yeah my <laughs> wife and i have been trading out saying oh you try this and you try this and check it out mm-hmm. <laughs> it was surprisingly good and again like i didn't realize that even that some of these that were even vegetarian i didn't even know that didn't even know wow hmm. so what's really cool though 
though, is that if you want to add something extra to all these different meal choices that mm-hmm. you're talking about, there's like 60 different add-ons to help you get going <laughs> and feel good basically all day long. And I don't mean mm-hmm. just like like an extra side or something like that. Like there's a whole bunch of breakfast add-on meals that you can add on to your subscription, not add on yeah. to the right, dinner yeah. meal, but like mm-hmm. to add to your meal plan for the day. And mm. I just think it's it's really awesome that they give you all these different choices so that you're not just tied in to just dinner or just lunch. Having breakfast mm-hmm. as part of one of these meal plans is, I think, kind of unique. I haven't seen that before in any of these meal yeah. delivery services. So I don't know what everybody's waiting for. It's time to get started and get after <laughs> your goals right now. Fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. Pancakes and smoothies? Yes, please. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day like breakfast midday bites and more factor meals are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping or cooking or even cleanup required just throw it in the trash when you're done get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week plus you can pause or reschedule your deliveries at any time let me say if you're looking for something fast with premium options factor is the perfect solution for you You guys know I'm the spreadsheet guy. I have done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every single meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Just head over to factormeals.com slash genx50 and use code genx50 to get 50% off. That's code genx50 at factormeals.com slash genx50 to get 50% off. Each episode of Gen X Grown Up has show notes loaded with links where you can learn more about our topics. And there's even more to see and hear over at GenXGrownUp.com. Just in case you're feeling outnumbered at noon. Just in case you meet your new skin loss. Just in case all eyes are pinned on you. You've got your dial. Dial, the leading deodorant soap, has twice the active ingredient of the number two brand. Twice as much for confidence all day long. Maybe you can hold it. It will come as no surprise whatsoever that we're going to kick the show off talking about media. We have been checking out. It could be uh, television or film or movies or books or comics or whatever it is we have been enjoying. Uh, and George, I'd like to start with you this time around. What has been on your agenda? Yeah, so I've been watching the shit out of Conan lately. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> cut, cut. Let's do that part no. again. <laughs> No, I took the time out today. We're recording this on the 13th of May, Mm -hmm. and this is also the date that a brand new TV series has debuted on Amazon Prime Mm -hmm. called Kids in the Hall. Now, for those who are not aware, we just recently did an interview with one of the stars Mm -hmm. of Kids in the Mm -hmm. Hall, Kevin McDonald. It's been on our YouTube channel, had a couple of different interviews released on the podcast, one about his Shakespeare work, another one about the TV show itself. Right, right. So I took some time today to go ahead and watch the first couple of episodes of the brand new Kids in the Hall series. Oh, okay. All right. What the fuck? Um, Holy hell. (laughs) Is this in a bad way? In a good way? No, no, no. So number one, I could only watch two episodes because I was laughing too hard. I think I know what you're talking about. Oh, that's good, though. My my sides were really sore. But so... 
everybody understands kids in the hall, they usually start off with a little grabber segment sketch. Then mm-hmm. they go into the intro, which is all the guitar music and the black and white scene shot all over the area that mm-hmm. they live in, usually Canada. Yeah. Of course, these are updated scenes now for the new show. And then they go into their first main sketch. And this is a sketch comedy series. Yeah. Almost in the vein of an in living color. Yeah. It's not live like Saturday Night Live. These are all filmed vignettes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the first sketch, and I don't want to spoil too much, but it's it's a very simple premise. There are two men who have just robbed a bank. Ah, that's sketch. Okay. Kevin McDonald and Dave Foley are mm-hmm. <laughs> running out of the bank jump in their car, and immediately the police have been called. And they don't understand this because they quite graciously asked the people to count to 2,000, then changed it to 1,500 because they're in better shape than they thought they were. (laughs) And they don't understand why the police have been called, but they come up with a plan immediately in the front seat of this car. And they have determined that they were wearing clothes during the robbery. Therefore, the police are only looking for robbers who are dressed. So they decide to get undressed. I see the logic there. So Amazon Prime apparently doesn't have ratings or filters for their original series. I was I was so ready for the tiling to begin and it just never came. Oh, there's no pixelation. There's no pixelation whatsoever. There are some unusual requests by the police officers while they're trying to determine whether or not these men have robbed the store. No, you, 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 you can't gloss over that. You have to tell the listeners what the requests were by well, the cops. I'm There's trying st- not to spoil, but I mean, I kind of oh, already... So- this is just one segment of the first episode. It's They're about 25 minutes each episode. There are eight episodes in the first season. I mm. genuinely hope the term first season is not ubiquitous. I hope that they actually go to a second, third, and fourth season because so far this <laughs> looks awesome as hell. They look like they are in the prime of their writing careers in comedy. But, yeah, the police officers do request that they jump up and down (laughs) and spin around. (laughs) Just to verify they're actually nude or what? They're actually nude. They want to make sure that they're, how did he put it, they're dingleberries and rods are flapping, I think he said. (laughs) Yep. These aren't the perps. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to have to go watch this now. There are some bystanders in the background. That's one thing that they do a little bit more so far in the first two episodes of this season than they did in the previous series. They actually have other people in acting roles besides just the five Mm -hmm. that are in speaking roles and actually interacting with them in the episode. So if you remember Kids in the Hall at All from the late 80s and mid 90s, if you enjoyed it, you're going to enjoy this. Mm-hmm. If you were offended by it at all, you're absolutely <laughs> going to be offended oh. by it again. It gets worse from there. There's one thing you brought up, which actually you said they're more like in living color. Actually, I always thought they were more like uh, Mighty Python. Like they played all the roles and it was all kind of sketchy and stuff, you know? Yeah, we talked about that a little bit. And you're right. I, we talked about that in the interview. They've been compared to Monty Python mm-hmm. hundreds of times. Kevin McDonald said that he was a huge fan of Monty Python when he was younger. Uh, that's why he claimed Gen X because he claimed to be a Gen X thing since it was Gen mm-hmm. X people that were fond of his endeavors. I, I think you're right. I, I just was trying to keep people off of the Saturday Night Live part, yeah. but yeah. Mm-hmm. you're right. It's more like Monty Python being filmed vignettes and not mm-hmm. in... Well, I don't... Was John 
John, you're the Monty Python expert. Were they in front of an audience? Because I hear laugh tracks. For Monty some Python. scenes, they were live, yeah. but for other scenes, they were pre-recorded. So it depended. Gotcha. They went back and forth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it appears that these are strictly filmed segments. I don't think they're in front yeah. of an audience whatsoever. They're fully produced. Yeah. I, I watched the first one, and I, I agree with you. I remember Kids in the Hall fondly. There's something about these guys being older. They're all late 50s, early 60s. They've had this full career, and mm-hmm. they're just cutting loose, and they appear to be having a great time. And <laughs> I'm enjoying this probably more than I did the original show because I relate to these guys are older guys like me, and they're having a great time, and they're more relaxed with themselves. Good stuff. Yeah, they're um, cool. they're definitely into their golden years as far as age, but mm-hmm. they're not showing any signs of slipping. I mean, they're on top of their comedic game. I mean, they got yeah. like... 30 years of pent-up skits to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, they did a few movies after that. There was yeah, yeah. some stuff, but uh, yeah, you're right. Um, the one thing I'll say is I can't watch anything Mark McKinney does right now without seeing Superstore. Oh, yeah, me too. Oh, but that's yeah, yeah okay. absolutely. Yeah. So it's just because I loved Glenn so much. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And he doesn't play Glenn and he does separate himself depending upon the character. But there's just a few times when that voice hits you and that little face that he does sometimes, and it's your Glenn and Superstore all over again. But it, it just yep. adds to the flavor. I mean, Dave Foley had news radio for years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. So mm-hmm. all of that stuff that they did after Kids in the Hall, I think, is what has enhanced this product. Cool. Yeah. I definitely. I'm, I'm happy out. that it turned out as good as it did, and I'm eager to watch the rest of the season. Totally agree. <laughs> now, looking at the list on our media segment, it appears that we're talking about all shows that are streaming right now. Mo, mm-hmm. what's your show from Apple TV? It's a show called Severance, which people have been recommending mm-hmm. to me for a while. I think you guys as well have probably heard about it. So I finally started watching it, and it's one of these bizarre Adam Scott stars in it. You know, the guy from mm. Parks and Rec. And right, bunch, right. You've seen him everywhere, probably. It's just a weird, weird show that I am totally getting into. They work for this, like, mega corporation. It's like, how do you describe it? It's like, you go fill up your gas tank, and then we eat cereal. You realize that it's the same company, does both. You know, it's like one of these oh. companies that does mm. everything. Yep. And they have the ultimate separation of work and home life. Whereas you sign this contract, they put a chip in your head. So when you show up to work, you don't remember anything from your home life. And when you leave work, you don't remember anything from work. Oh, okay. I, I think I could be okay with that. <laughs> yeah, you literally don't remember. that, And that is the only thing I heard, that premise. And like you, George, I'm like, that's not so terrible. It reminds me of the guy in Office Space who was talking to the psychologist. Was Can you just like zonk me out so I don't remember how much I hate work? And it's that kind of idea. It sounds on the surface. I think the only problem we'd have with it would be like the emergency call when a loved one is hurt or something. You'd be like, who the right. hell is that? Yeah. I don't know who I'm that is. I'm not married. <laughs> <laughs> it's just bizarre and then the people who like and when you start working there and you wake up and you don't remember anything from your home life it's a little disorienting the first time so they have to like ease you into it like explain what's going on and meanwhile you're freaking out because you're like what do you mean i don't what do you mean i took this job you know you, know, you accepted this job <laughs> wow <laughs> knowing this you you don't know who you are is it amnesia or you get a little bit of amnesia but eventually you remember who you are okay and you know enough like basic stuff to do your job but you don't remember like your history like exactly you don't remember up, what happened your the parents day before. were where you were born yeah you don't remember any of those details but when you leave that. work it comes back is that it what comes happens? back and you remember all that stuff again but all the work stuff is but gone. you don't don't remember the work stuff. You're just like, that's the best day. That part of it is the best day ever. Cause you know how, when you're at work and sometimes you're really busy and the day goes by super fast, you're like, damn, oh, yeah. 
it's already five o'clock time to go home. Mm-hmm. That's what they feel every single time. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, they literally walk in, and as far as they're concerned, they turn around and walk back out. Like, they don't remember anything in between. That's what I want to do already. That sounds great. <laughs> I wonder, do they do a 50 first dates video recording type of things so they talk to themselves? Like, okay, yes, you did accept this job. Yeah, actually, I'm they you. do. They actually they do, do that. that? Okay. Do they? That's yeah, smart. They do yeah. that. They say, here's a video that you need to see, and it's yourself saying, you took this job. <laughs> you agreed to get this chip. What's happening? <laughs> it's like Total Recall, Arnold Schwarzenegger talking to himself, and at the end, he's Go Hagen's buddy. Yeah. So the, the bad thing is, of course, the corporation's like this big mega evil corporation and stuff, and you don't, and so you don't remember what you're doing, of course. And once you're just kind of working mm-hmm. there, obviously you can't leave, and that's what kind of the story is. You know, like how do you get out of it if you want to get out of it, and what were they actually doing, and all that kind of fun stuff. But they did such a good job of like it's it's almost like a caricature of corporate life. Like all the hallways are these sterile, generic mm-hmm. hallways that you walk down. They they walk like five minutes down the same looking hallway wherever you go, and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's pretty funny. I have two quick questions. The first yeah. is that it sounds like you've started watching it. Yes. 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 Obviously, yeah. So is it all available to watch? right now and if yes. my, my question where i'm going is have you watched it all is is it worth the effort to put into it because i know it's many oh. many episodes or long episodes i haven't watched all of them i watched the first three there's eight okay. i think in this first season all right and okay. i i plan on watching the rest because it's getting interesting like the first okay. couple just the premise kept it going but now like kind of like the, the backstory stuff's starting to come in so now i'm like oh now i want to see what happens now so after that it's, it's going to keep me watching it for sure yeah like you i've had several people say are you watching severance yeah. I watch I feel like like I felt when I was telling people to watch Breaking Bad back in the day. Like, <laughs> shut up already. I'm going to watch it one day. So maybe, all right, maybe I have your recommendation too. Yeah. I got a question since we're talking about stuff that's all on streaming in this particular segment. Have you guys noticed that the streaming series they generally tend to be between eight and 12 episodes per mm-hmm. season mm-hmm. versus sure, yeah. the standard like broadcast series are still in the 20 to 26 range. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you find, I don't, I don't find this to be a problem, but do you find that having the shorter amount of episodes makes you more attached to the show or less attached to the show? Hmm. Oh boy. I think I like it better because I think, they're hopefully just letting the person, the creator do as many episodes as it takes is what I'm hoping that they're not trying to shoehorn it into a certain number of episodes mm-hmm. because I do feel like I'm getting complete stories. Like they're not getting cut off or they're not, or they're not doing a lot yeah. of filler episodes and that kind of stuff, which we used to get a lot of that as kids. I mean, there were tons of filler episodes just to flesh out the 26. Yeah. yeah. I think if it is a serialized show, I'm happy to keep it down to just 10 mm. or maybe even eight episodes. Cause we've said before, it's like an eight hour movie, right? It's mm-hmm. like, it's one yeah. big piece to watch. But I mean, the very next thing we're going to talk about is only going to have 10 episodes in its season. And I'm yep. pissed off because there's not enough of it. Right. So <laughs> but because it's but it's not serialized. It's much more episodic. So uh, I think it depends on how it's delivered. If it's mm, little bits like I can go rewatch that 70s show because it has hundreds of episodes, but I can watch any one of them and have a great time. <laughs> but if you want to rewatch Severance or you want to watch Breaking Bad or something, that's a commitment. So yeah. shorter is oh, better yeah. if it's serialized for me. And speaking of which, there is a, a new show you're watching, John, right? You goddamn right. There's a new hey, show that I'm watching. We, we're not going to talk about today, though, right? Let's get past it and get right into Tech and Toys. I will, I will so, just <laughs> mute your mic if you threaten to take me off. Oh, no. Wow. I've, 
All right, let's just, just get into so this, man. So apparently Gen X Grown-Up has a chair open now. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, he just has to let me talk about Star Trek, and they were all good again. <laughs> yes. No, for the last several episodes, I have been very much looking forward to the premiere of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, mm-hmm. which is the brand new series on Paramount+. Plus that actually takes just before the original series that we know, the captain before Kirk, Christopher Pike, and looks at his story, like the kind of decade or so that took place between when we last saw him on Discovery and when Kirk takes over. Everything leading up to this series looked mm-hmm. so promising for me, and I was so excited for it. Yeah, And I, my anticipation, I, I don't know how I could have been looking more forward to it. I was really excited. I don't think it's hyperbole. It's pure honesty that it delivered more than I had hoped. I got very, yeah. I, I got emotional at the end of that episode. It w- <laughs> There's something about it that we could analyze for hours, maybe. Like, I feel like a <laughs> splinter podcast should, could exist. Well, I think we did at lunch, didn't we? <laughs> we, we, yeah, we talked at lunch and George and I talked. As soon as I watched it, I messaged George, have you seen it yet? He knew exactly what I was talking <laughs> yeah. about. He said, I'm about to watch it later. We're going to talk about it. A couple things I want to touch on that I think make it good. Everybody says, it's great, it's great, it's great. I want to touch on why I think it's great for me, especially, that I've been missing in other Star Trek series lately. And people talk about it's episodic versus serialized. That's great. That's okay. Mm-hmm. I don't mind one way or the other, but they got to merge those together. The things that make it great for me right now is, and I've watched the second episode, and by the way, mm-hmm. I've watched each of them multiple times because there's no <laughs> more to see yet. <laughs> but this is the first one in probably since probably since maybe the next generation where I feel that the enterprise is the home of these people and these people work together for each other on this home. It's zoomed in a little bit. It's a little tighter focus. Even you go back to Discovery and Picard and those, it isn't about a family on a ship. It's about disparate people that are doing things and coming on and off of mm. the ship. And But it feels like this cohesive family, even early on, and is that somebody mentioned, I read an article that said, good Star Trek is competency porn. I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) I think what they meant was you get to see brilliant people do their job well and work together in a way that's very satisfying. And that was true of TOS and Next Gen. And I'm so excited about it. I'm so happy that it turned out to not be disappointing. Even the second one, I was like, great premiere. What about the second one? The second one was great again. Mm -hmm. It, It showcased different characters and different story arcs. It's not perfect. There's certainly things that could be improved upon, but it's as the first, you know, maybe the best premiere for a Star Trek series ever. Uh, man, I, I know both of you had had a chance to watch it. I want to take a breath here and hear what your <laughs> thoughts are. I watched original Star Trek. I know you guys were next generation and are way more into it than I was, but mm. I loved it. It felt like the old Star Trek to me. I, I don't know how to put it. it. It's just like, and maybe some of the callbacks they did, maybe some of the characters seem kind of familiar but really, I mean, I think the star that makes the show is Christopher Pike, the character, the actor playing him, because and the way he's written, because mm-hmm. it's like you watch it, you're like, I want that man to be my boss, you know. <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> and it's character based too, which I really, really like. I mean, the right. stories are important also, but they go so much into the characters, and you really feel like, and they don't overwhelm you with them too, which is good. I don't know how they're balancing that, but they seem to be a good job of like kind of spoon feeding you a little bit at a time, but you're peeling the onions, you know, a little bit for each person as you kind right. of learn more yeah. about them. You know, I. Want- I watched four seasons of Discovery. I couldn't tell you every person's name on the bridge. I watched mm-hmm. two episodes of Strange New Worlds, and I can tell you, Laon, Mabanga, Chapel, or uh, <laughs> I know all those people already. Ortega, all the pilot. All these, it's great. George, what about you? I know we've talked a little bit about it. So what what are your impressions now just coming off of the pilot? Um, well, so I've watched the pilot in the second episode, just mm-hmm. like you awesome. have. Mm-hmm. And 
I, the pilot, I did tear up at the end a little bit of that, not because of the storyline itself, but just because of it reminding me of what I enjoy so much about Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're exactly. right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I do have some problems with the show. Mm-hmm. We talked a while back and we were talking about how I liked that they were tying the technology to the original series instead of doing what discovery did which was make it further in advance of our time now and trying to tell us it happened back in the yeah. past that was a little weird wasn't it uh, yeah i didn't like that <laughs> second episode there was the they showed the main view screen a little bit more than they did in the first episode mm-hmm. to me mm-hmm. and the main view screen being all the way across the bridge really pissed me off <laughs> because that's wow. not my enterprise view screen and there's a reason why that matters to me. It's because that made the ship feel smaller. And there's another part of the show that we've talked about, the captain's quarters. Mm-hmm. It's half a goddamn deck on the Enterprise. Palatial estate. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, That's huge, bullshit. That's not the Enterprise. But then we found out why, because he holds dinner parties there. He needs all I the space. I don't give right? a <laughs> shit he holds dinner parties there. Number one, that wasn't the class of ship that they had. It was a working ship, not a let's lay back and have dinner party ship. Yeah. That's his style of command. Well, man. He, he just knocked on some walls, you know, made it bigger. You know, it's <laughs> it takes away from what the original Star Trek was to me. The original Star Trek was we're a working ship. It's claustrophobic. We're on top of each other. The whole nine years. That was part of TOS for me. I don't like number one either. I think Rebecca Romjan. I think she was a Romaine? bad yeah, Rebecca choice. Romaine. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I thought her last name really? was Romjan. Rain, it's pronounced Rain, Romaine. Whatever. Like the lettuce. Yeah, uh, right. Okay. Well, she's got about as much personality as a head of lettuce in this episode. Uh, she <laughs> bland. I didn't like her. And that's what got that character killed from the original pilot because nobody liked her. They haven't let her do much yet. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. I just think she was the wrong choice as an actress maybe the character is going to develop something else but there are other characters that are flying off the screen that are awesome mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. she's not one of them uhura oh my god uhura, oh yeah oh my yeah episode two that was her episode but yeah, oh, she's man. doing brilliant with loved it, it. yeah I, I don't get the whole cadet program because we've never seen that in any other star trek but <laughs> still uh, those two things uh, tying technology back to the original star trek and the environment and then that one character uh, that's the two things that bother me right now about the series mm-hmm. but it, is, is it damaging your enjoyment of it or it's just it is a little bit kind of, is it really no, yeah. it's not just gnawing at the back of your head yeah I, I, I don't disagree with you on those two things but it hasn't hurt it for me yet i mean yeah i think they had to make the technology better i, I just can't see how they couldn't make it the same they, no I, they just, didn't yeah they did I no, think they, they did. really excuse didn't. me my opinion Yes, they did. <laughs> my opinion says okay. no, they didn't. Okay, my opinion is different. So let's just don't tell me what I'm thinking. I'm not telling you what you're thinking. I don't give a shit what you're thinking. I care what I'm thinking. I know. I'm telling you. I don't think that. I don't think they could have kept the technology the same and made it look. I think people would not have liked it looking cheap. I guess I, that's my feeling. And now, as far as the number one actor, I think you're right. In the first couple of episodes, she is very bland. But my first experience with her was with the shorts when she meets Spock for the first time on the Enterprise. The short mm-hmm. treks, yeah, right. Short treks, right. And I thought she was great in that. So those I haven't seen. So far in Strange New World, she hasn't done anything really interesting. That's true. Exactly. I agree. I think the first couple episodes here, she's been very yeah. bland. If if I have to go outside of the series to get something that makes me like the character more, then the series is not doing its job. Eh, okay. Well, then it's the Dune discussion, right? If, if the show doesn't. Teach 
teach me? I've got to go read the book to know. We got to talk about. I'm just too, saying that I, I watched the short treks where she did, and I thought that was a great little insight into her personality, and was like, and I wish they did that more in these first couple of episodes. I agree with you, George. I think they did a very kept her bland, and maybe they're trying to peel it back, like they're trying to not to do too much at one time. I don't know, but yeah, she her character right now is pretty bland. When you do a series that's between other series, like you have this challenge, right? Talking to the technology, which is. People want to see something they haven't seen before, so you want to show them that. But then you have the other side of the razor you're walking is, well, I can't introduce something that doesn't exist in future episodes because it breaks this continuity problem. That is kind of the problem I think George is experiencing. Like, well, that doesn't exist in the future, so it shouldn't be here. I'm not saying the stuff can't be pretty. It just has to be true to form. That's all. Like, you can have the yellow and red bricks on the consoles just they can be prettier they can look nicer because they did look like crap in the original series you know from Mm -hmm. our viewpoint later on after the series had already been on the screen can be beautiful it just doesn't have to be the entire width of the bridge because it wasn't in the original series at least give me you know what i had then at least keep it in those same i don't know lines or whatever don't you don't need to color Mm. outside the lines that much wow None of those really bothered my enjoyment of it, for sure. I'm sorry, it sounds like it has for you, so we'll see if it grows on you, or it's, they're probably not going to shrink the screen, but see how they do <laughs> no, the technology issues and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I still like the storylines, and Anson Mount yeah, yeah. is the best Star Trek captain since oh, Jean-Luc Picard. It's not mm-hmm. even close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I want to serve under that guy. Like most of mm-hmm. I want him to be my boss, right? He's commanding, but he's also kind of like, he has a, has a sparkle, a twinkle in his eye and he's kind of happy to be there. And he whispers to number one, I love this job. And I'm like, <laughs> of course, and I love you with this job, Anson. Thank you for being <laughs> yes. here. You know, he's a uh, less violent version of his character on Hell on Wheels. I haven't seen Hell on I Wheels. Seen that either. <laughs> yeah. That's if you ever watch that, that's where he really got famous. And you can see how he's developed that personality trait for oh, his really? characters. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he just doesn't have a six gun yet. They're going to give him one at some point. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like I could talk for another hour about Strange New Worlds, but I'm not going to do that here. Fourth listener, if you have watched it, you can hear that we're enthusiastic about it. Write in. Let us know what you think about it. What are your What are your thoughts? Is any of the things that bother George bother it for you or you fall on the side of Mo or where you at? Love to hear what you think. Okay, so there's no graceful way for me to stop talking about Star Trek. So I'm just going to stop here <laughs> and we'll move on with the show right after this break. Stick around. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased, and essential world news daily. Be sure to subscribe to or follow Gen X Grown Up wherever you listen. And while you're there, rate and review the show too. It helps more than you know. small calorie now you see it now you don't 
So I'm going to kick off today's Tekken Toys with something because last time, John, I think you tried to hit a Kickstarter into the game segment, which didn't really belong there, right? So well, <laughs> arguably it did not. Yeah. So I'm going to do a Kickstarter talk now in this section where I think it does belong. I'm with George on that one, 100%. Okay. I thought you, you were totally trying to shoehorn it last episode. Okay, but anyway, I'm jumping in on this Kickstarter. I It was one of these ones that's made for me. It's a role-playing game, which I'm mostly going to love. I love the role-playing games. And it's set in the world of Blade Runner. Hmm. Yep. I, I've seen the Kickstarter. Yeah. I was one of the people in the first couple minutes, I think, that approved that, you hmm. know, um, went for it. They've already have added, I think, five reach goals, new reach goals, because they kept getting more money. I'm really, really just looking forward to it. And I'm actually hoping I'll actually get to play this one because <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> you know, I get these things. I read the books. I really love it, but I never get a chance to play them. But mm. this one, I think I'm definitely going to make an effort. And once this comes in and get a group together and play this thing. So outside of just knowing it is a Blade Runner game and you're going to mm. buy anything Blade Runner, like I buy anything Matari slapped on it. it did, wasn't there already like a cyberpunky, like maybe it was called cyberpunk it or was cyber cyberpunk, whatever yeah. Yeah. role playing game. Are you aware of anything in this that differentiates itself from just being a copy of that with a Blade Runner coat of paint on it or? what's in it that made you jump at it aside from the, the brand? It seems like they're, they're making a really big effort to keep it in the same atmosphere as the movies. You're on the Earth and the Earth is a pretty crappy place to live and there isn't really any of the bright neon-y kind of stuff. You know, it's, it's almost like a film noir kind of setting except in the future. Which Blade Runner is. Yeah. Yep. The system is one, I think this company has come up with a couple of other games that follow the same kind of rule system. So it's a little more simplified than some of these other role-playing games, which I like. And it also mm-hmm. focuses a lot more on the story telling and not so much on dice rolling so those are with all those factors i'm pretty excited about it Hmm. all right yeah so john you asked a question how does it differentiate itself from cyberpunk so i was a huge fan of that role-playing game still have my original books and everything Hmm. that game all the character classes and everything were very generic the blade runner character classes and what you can play are only stuff that obviously appears from the original movie and you know the second movie that came out um but (laughs) I like that in what they showed on the Kickstarter, you can play either side of the discussion because everything about Blade Runner comes down to one side or the other. You're either on the police retiring the replicants or you're on the replicant side trying to survive. And so it's that whole morality tale of the oppressed and the oppressor and whatnot. That's what Blade Runner really kind of is to me. In this role-playing game, Mo, correct me if I'm wrong, it looks like from the Kickstarter, they have... Not just, well, you can be a Blade Runner or you can be a Replicant, but they seem to have really fleshed out both sides of those storylines so that no matter which one you choose, it's a full game. Yeah. And that's something that's very difficult to do because Hmm. if you think about it from the film perspective, the film is really only about Decker. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? You get the character studies of the Replicants and you get the great speech at the end by Barty, you know, but you don't really get the Replicant side of the storyline. You do in this role-playing game from what I can mm. see so far on the Kickstarter. I see. Yeah, you're right. You only see the replicants where they overlap with the, with Decker's right. story. You don't get to see it from their own perspective. I see. Yeah, so I'll just say it's, it's all Kickstarter-y, so who knows how it's actually going to turn out. <laughs> it could be terrible, but I don't care. I jumped on it right away. How, so how much money did you pledge for a, as to yet, unproven Blade Runner role-playing game? I got the, um, I think it's the Off-World Bundle, which gives you like a digital copy of the books, all the, you know, a whole bunch of stars set, all this stuff. I paid one thirty-five. Right. I so, mean, it doesn't sound like too much if you're a Blade Runner well, you fan. You get printed copies of the books with that as well, though, I think. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Okay. You, you get early digital versions. Because there's there's a level that's electronic only. Yep, ah. there's, yeah, there's one that is just electronic. That was a non-starter for Mo. He wants the books. I know. I know nope. him. <laughs> Absolutely. I want those damn books. Yeah. And do they have an estimated date to slip by two years? <laughs> <laughs> At the end of this year was the date last date I saw. Uh-huh. So All I'm right. expecting 2024. Yeah. yeah. Or five. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I think this one will probably be a little bit easier because this is a process that can be done in America as opposed to having to go overseas. Because it's point. printing. So. Right. This There's not true. manufacturing, electronics. Yeah. I get yeah. you. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's publishing. I mean, they're going to do some stuff with dice and, you mm-hmm. know, dice trays yeah. and things, but. I wish you luck, Mo. Yeah, I'll keep my fingers crossed on that. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hopefully it won't be. Although your dark tower did pay off, it just took a while. The wait was worth it. That's true. <laughs> it just took a while, <laughs> yep. right? Yep. So how about you, John? What do you got for us today? You know, I picked up a very simple little gadget. It's It itself is an electronic, but it's used for your electronics. I'm looking forward to convention season. It's kind of spinning up again here in the summer. We have Infinity Con coming. We have the Southern Fried Gaming Expo right around the corner. And one of the things that I often like to do to share with our viewers and followers is like, shoot, what's going on? What's the arcade look like? And what's the convention look like? Mm. Uh, and I had a I had a gimbal for a while, the little uh, robotic gimbal that would keep your camera straight. And and that's good, but it's a piece of gear that I have to haul and charge and mount and everything. What I ended up buying was, I'll look goofy using it, but boy, does it work. I've tested it out. <laughs> it's a Pell King brand mobile phone or camera chest harness. So it's one of those deals that you can strap on your body, like this has elastic on it. But on the front, on your chest, around your sternum, there's a quarter 20 screw where you can mount a camera or a GoPro or a mount for your phone or whatever. Huh to walk around. So I can imagine at SFGE, I could walk around the arcade and get a nice smooth shot of, you know, walking the entire arcade or going out for a walk and talk or something and having B-roll off of stuff. It's just something that I've seen. Like I saw MC Murr doing it on his YouTube channel when he goes out shopping. Oh, that's what he has. Yeah. And he does that for a GoPro and does that. I'm like, I want to try one of those. And it was cheap enough at 18 bucks to give a try. So you mentioned a word in there that I've looked at this thing when you put the link in. I don't know that it'll apply. You said you can have a smooth camera movement. Yeah. To me, I don't think you're going to get smooth because there's no stabilization built into this thing. It's just the quarter screw and it slants, you know, one way or the other, but it feels like you're going to have a lot of that herky jerky unless you have software smoothing on the phone, maybe. There you go. Exactly. So that's exactly what I was thinking of why I wanted to test this out. I didn't buy a gimbal mount on my, for my chest, but so what I did is I tested it by going for a walk in my neighborhood and I put the camera on the thing, but I turned on stabilization on my phone's camera to try mm-hmm. that out, which I have a new GoPro Hero 10 Black or something that also has stabilization available. And I turned that on and walked around and it just gives this nice kind of like kind of like a rocking motion the way the smoothing handles it and you don't have that herky-jerky now you're right i turned that off it was unwatchable you're right it was crazy (laughs) (laughs) but for for like beauty shots that i want you know kind of walk around smooth shots like that turning on the smoothing and just walking the path that you want it does a really good job yeah i mean and all that work is in again you said in the software doing the work so if you're looking for something like this i don't think this applies to the majority of people who would need or want (laughs) one of those unless you're shooting footage like this or or maybe you're a cop and you need a body cam because you're be pulling people over or something. Uh, <laughs> but it was a cool little gadget to pick up. I already tried it and I like it. I didn't send it back. You know, I get the Amazon free trial if I want to send it back for nothing, but I'm not going to. So you'll probably see me walking around SFGE shooting some stuff and I've been using that little mobile chest harness. So hmm, that's what cool. I got. Yeah. Cool. George, what about you? What have you been checking out? Uh, well, so I talked about it a little bit on the last regular episode when I talked to you guys about that little plug-in called Everything that helped you search yeah, yeah. your files on your oh, computer. Oh yeah, amazing. Which I've been 
Amazing. using religiously and it's, love. Yeah. It's really good, right? Uh, so there's another one now. I don't know that this one is production software, but it's certainly time-wasting software enhancement. I'll say that much. <laughs> okay. So it's called WikiWand. And as the name implies, Wikiwand. it works with Wikipedia. So it's a reader for all Wikipedia website articles. Okay. If you have the plugin installed in your browser and they have it for Chrome devices. I've used it on Vivaldi. I've used it on Chrome. Um, I've mm -hmm. used it on Edge and it works fine all the time. If you have that and you go to a Wikipedia article, it immediately shows it in the Wikiwand format, which is really pretty. Oh. All the text and everything is formatted to a specific way. There's the panel on the side where, you know, they give you the different places that you can go to in the article, right? Like if you're looking mm -hmm. at an actor and they mm -hmm. see the their early life, then their filmography oh, the, the and all that table stuff. of contents. Table thing of over contents there. on Got the left hand yeah. side is much, uh -huh. much improved compared to the Wikipedia website. You can also just go to wikiwand.com and search for whatever Wikipedia article you want, and it'll display in that same format without having to have the plugin. Oh. So you have a couple of different ways to use nice. totally free. I've been using it now for, I don't know, maybe a month and a half, two months. And it's not that I visit Wikipedia every day, but when I do, if it's not on a browser that I have the plugin installed for some reason, if I don't mm -hmm, have it, mm -hmm. I notice immediately, I'm like, oh, good Lord, <laughs> Wikipedia Raw is horrible. Jesus. <laughs> Wikipedia unplugged. You're right. <laughs> Put the auto-tune back on, please. Exactly. <laughs> I, I was curious, two things. One, you kind of clarified for me, which was, I was kind of curious what it did to make it better. So it's really just formatting and beauty and that kind of thing, mm -hmm. uh, make it friendlier and on the eye. Do you know, does it add any functionality at all? Like enhanced search or enhanced highlighting or is it Nothing really just like a matter that. of display? Nothing like that. Okay. Nothing it's really like just that, a matter no. of better layout, more intuitive layout. And as a matter of fact, when you use the plugin and you click on a Wikipedia article, you know, you mm -hmm. do a search in Google mm -hmm. and say, go to a Wikipedia article. It doesn't bring it up in Wikipedia. It brings it up on Wikiwan's website. Mm -hmm. So even okay. the URL is wikiwan.com slash blah, blah, blah. And they're pulling in Wikipedia Exactly. Data. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Do you have any idea if it works on other media wiki sites or is it just wikipedia.org? It's only wikipedia.org. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That would be intriguing if you could make, like I have a personal wiki that I have and you know, I know people <laughs> that have wikis that are for their their fandom or something. It might be neat to be able to do that. I'll have to, so I imagine I'll have to the in. reason why they don't do that is because like your personal Wikipedia or say like there's a Wikipedia out there for Castle, the TV show that I love. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Sure. Those all have their own formats already. And this is built to take in the Wikipedia org format. Okay. Right. Mm -hmm. So your thing would have to conform to that before they could even have a shot at enhancing it into their readability. Gotcha. Are there ads and stuff on it? Nope. Wow. But I can talk about an ad blocker next week if you like, <laughs> because I got one of those two. <laughs> You're two for two on these utilities, man. Go for it. <laughs> it takes the entire web page and strips out everything except for the article that you're trying to read. So you know how you go to a web page and you get mm -hmm. all this shit about, oh, yeah. uh, make oh. sure you're 18 to read this or, well, that's a different kind of website. Hold on. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not reading anything there anyway. <laughs> no, but like you get the ones where it says, if you want to continue reading this article, pay a dollar 99, right? Mm -hmm. Or yeah. all the cookie shit that they is all over the damn websites these days. It's 
every like the whole page is taken up and i have to scroll and read just a couple of lines at the time Mm -hmm. you know underneath the you know how do you want to answer this cookie thing because no matter what you answer on those things you're you're going to give them something that you don't want to give them yeah do we get a vote i would like to hear about that next time mo would you like to hear about that (laughs) okay because my my other tech toy thing is how beat saber anally raped me i can talk about that next time So we're skipping the Beat Saber. Ooh, that's a that's a toss up now. I, th- I think I'd rather hear about an ad blocker, honestly. Okay, yeah. <laughs> we're skipping the Beat Saber rape story. We're gonna move into the yes, please to the ad blocking. Okay. <laughs> science, 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 science. Hello, podcast fans. Want to get weird with us? Come check out the Mad Scientist podcast. We are a weekly show that looks at the history, philosophy, and hard facts behind your biggest paranormal questions. Did the government really pay for a psychic spy program? Yes. Is it true that surgery got its start in grave robbing? Yes. Can a roller coaster really kill you? Legally, we can't say so for sure, but sometimes, yes! Join myself, Chris Cogswell, and my co-host, Marie Mayhew, as we examine the science, philosophy, and history behind the strange and unusual. All to discover what's possible and plausible versus what's, well, just made up. Check us out wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Mad Scientist Podcast. You're listening to Gen X Grown Up. But if you have a friend who's not yet listening, why not? Tell them about us. They'll thank you later. What's going on? The Happy Go Sporty Hunt Club collection from J.C. Penney. Snappy little sweaters, cozy cords and tops, and our very own fun-loving jeans. Don't be surprised to see them going strong. Just get them before they're gone for 20 to $28. Hunt Club. It's what's going on only at J.C. Penney. This is the main event of the podcast for the three in attendance locally and the millions listening around the world. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time! As we often do, we're going to talk about a lot of games in this game segment. All three of us have something to discuss. However, the thing that I want to talk about is a really, really old game that I mentioned once or <laughs> twice on this podcast. Mo, you just talked about a Kickstarter that kind of comes from this realm mm-hmm. of gaming. I want to talk about Dungeons and Dragons oh. just a little oh, bit. Oh, wonderful. Of course. So <laughs> lately, I have been attempting to get back into playing Dungeons mm-hmm. and Dragons. I yeah, played it for maybe a year or so when I was in middle school and always loved the concept and the idea of storytelling and controlling the characters in a story and, you know, having actions that I do affect those characters and the characters around me. Mm-hmm. That's really what Dungeons and Dragons is for me. Some people I know it's all about achievement, leveling up their character, getting mm-hmm. the most goods or the most gold or whatever. I'm not into that form of d and I'm into the form of D&D where it's more about the story, mm-hmm. the characters, that kind of thing. Like so much of our media that we love, right? Exactly. That's, that's the thing that yeah, drives right? you there yeah. too. Yeah, absolutely. So everybody knows I bought this quest calendar from Kickstarter that's mm-hmm. kind of like a mm-hmm. single action each day for a Dungeons & Dragons style role-playing experience. And I've really been enjoying that. That has prompted me to want to play Dungeons & Dragons a little bit more. I took a leap not too long ago and went to my local... I don't know how to what to call it, a card shop or 
miniature shop or it's not a comic book store, but it's a place that sells like a, like a game store, store kind of. Yeah, I, yeah, know what I you guess mean. like a game store, but yeah. it's not really like they have a board game section, but not very much. It's mostly focused around miniatures, Magic the oh. Gathering, okay. Pokemon. Okay. Yeah. Like an RPG store almost. Yeah, like an RPG like store. It. Maybe yeah. I'll call it that. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so... I went there, found out that they had a weekly Dungeons and Dragons campaign where you play an entire campaign in one sitting. Oh, and I'm like, okay, okay, a little bit more than my calendar, but still not huge time commitment. Mm-hmm. You come mm-hmm. in, they give you characters at the level that you're playing. Like, okay, that's cool. You sit down with people, the DM, you know, takes you through the story and you guys all play together. That was how it was pitched to me. And I was told I needed to pay $15 to enjoy this experience. I was like, okay, well, you know, it sounds like it might be fun. I'll give it a shot. I have since come to find out for, through our Discord server that apparently we should never be charged for playing yeah. in a D&D <laughs> game. Uh, there were some very strong opinions expressed on that subject, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to yep. go into that there. If you're interested, go to genxgrownup.com slash Discord, and you can read all about it. <laughs> George, just he's banging on the teasing the Discord <laughs> server, just a casual conversation. That's two shows I'm in a trying, row. I'm trying. I'm <laughs> trying. Oh, man. Gold star for you. Well I done. Know. Yeah, really. So. <laughs> So, <laughs> did you have fun though? I did not have fun. You guys know I was oh, texting you oh, during yeah. the mm-hmm. experience. Yeah. The dungeon master, who was a nice young man, he was definitely trying. He had some issues that to me as an older person, and maybe I was in my get off my lawn kind of mentality. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like he really shouldn't be a DM. He didn't seem to be very well organized. No. Jesus. He didn't really that- seem to have his whole thing together. And I don't... <sighs> There are just some things that you need to have certain attributes to be good at. Yeah. If you're going to be a dungeon master, you need to be an engrossing storyteller. Mm-hmm. You need to be able to captivate your player's attention. And this young man, God love him, he he had a little bit too much of a speech impediment. And I'm, I'm not trying to bag on people's speech impediments, but that along with him not seemingly being prepared mm-hmm. made it that I could never mentally check into the story. Gotcha. It was just very tough. Apparently also what I was told by the owner of the shop that everybody just comes in and sits down and plays and it's a one time, one thing. That's not at all true. The other three players had been playing with this DM for months. They had characters that they had been using for months that had certain attributes and certain items and all like this. And they had all this history between them oh. and they weren't very inclusive of me being part of the game. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> They were nice. They were very friendly. Don't get me wrong. But I was left out in the cold throughout Ugh. 70% of the discussion, maybe more. So like the inside joke, shorthand, we've done this before, kind of. Yeah. And I, I expressed yeah. at the very beginning, I said, look, I haven't played Dungeons and Dragons in 40 years. I'm looking to get back into it. I don't understand the rule set for the newer rule sets that they have out for Dungeons and Dragons. So I'm going to need mm-hmm. a little bit of help to get into this. But if you guys can help me, I'll be happy to participate and be a part of this moving forward. That didn't happen. Uh, I have not gone back. I likely won't go back. So I've started pursuing trying to involve myself in Dungeons & Dragons through other means. Uh, One of the people on our Discord server has invited me to their weekly Dungeons & Dragons experience. Oh, there you go. That they do through their own Discord channel. So I'm going to go sit in on that. I might do some recordings we've talked about. And I might end up doing like a little multi-part series for the podcast or the YouTube channel about getting back into Dungeons & Dragons. Because I really do like the... The idea of playing Dungeons Dragons. It's just, it's hard to get started. It seems to be even harder now to get started with Dungeons Dragons than it was when it first came out. 
it sounds like you just got a crappy group <laughs> to start with, too, on top of everything else. Uh, mm-hmm. Possibly. Yeah. I mean, you had the one little snooty guy who was acting like, you know, his <laughs> shit didn't stink. And then you had the one guy who never stopped talking and was writing everything down. There was a third guy <laughs> yeah. who was maybe a few years older than me that did try to be inclusive of me in certain situations. But, you know, he had his own thing to focus on. So he couldn't focus on bringing me along right. the whole time. Yeah. You know, and even if you didn't find a, maybe it's not a bad group of people. Maybe it's not the right group of people. That's for true. you. That's a good point. Too. Dungeons yeah. and Dragons yeah. is a social game. And just like you pick your social groups for who you go to friends and who you go to lunch and who you go to the movies with, if you pick the wrong people to play D&D with that you don't get along with in that venue, you're going to have a bad time too. So maybe it's just yeah. a mismatch. though. It, it may be. And that's why I'm hoping, you know, our Discord mm-hmm. friend will bring me into an environment and bring me along a little bit because there's crazy amounts of tools out there now online yes, and books and all yeah, this stuff. Yeah. And I don't want to spend hundreds or maybe even thousands of dollars and then come to find out I really don't like the experience. Well, what I'm thrilled to hear is that that experience didn't sour you on pursuing getting back into D&D. Mm-hmm. It, it sounds like, if anything, it reinvigorated you to go, all right, that didn't work. Let's try the next thing. Like you're, right. you're, you're, you're still pushing <laughs> forward. So I'm, I'm glad it didn't sour you. That's good. Absolutely. Well, and the Discord server helped with that. That's the one thing I love about our Discord server. When somebody <laughs> has a problem with something or is asking a question, like 10 or 20 people jump in the discussion almost mm-hmm. immediately. With opinions and, and expertise mm-hmm. and suggestions. Yeah. Help. Yeah. It's a very nice place to be a part of. So yeah. I, I really it enjoy is. our Discord server. That's why I plug it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it works. <laughs> yeah. So that's what I'm going to be playing for a while. John, apparently you're playing with clowns. I don't know what the hell this thing is. Yeah, no, I'm not that? playing with clowns, but it's Are kind you? of a puppet. So there, I oh, got that geez. going. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Okay. I might have to put the kibosh on you two weeks in a row. Oh, God. <laughs> Look, g- give me a little time to get into it. I think you're going to be happy with my pick. So I picked up another game that I found on a Humble Bundle. It wasn't the Stand of Ukraine bundle. It was a new one came along a couple weeks ago, I guess. And it had five or six games in it for 10 bucks, I think it was. And I'm looking through the list, and one of them looked very intriguing. It was called A Juggler's Tale. Okay. Now, it's not a juggling game, as you might think. Yeah, I was a little worried for a second. Yeah, don't worry, yeah. So this is very much in the vein of a... Little Nightmares or Inside or oh, okay, okay. Uh, a Limbo, that kind of a game where it's a side-scrolling, single-player, little kid adventure thing. But the premise here, and it's so hard. I, I, first of all, I loved this game. I'll probably play it again all the way through. It's quite short. It's only a couple of hours long to get through. Oh, you finished it already. Oh, yeah, I finished it. Oh, wow. But we were just talking, George, about how story is the most important thing. The concept of this game is that you are, your character, a little girl named Abby, is a marionette. She's a marionette's doll. And the entire story is told inside of a puppet stage. So the camera kind of zooms in, the curtain opens, everything is like a cardboard flat. And as she walks through the world, things turn into real world stuff because you're imagining it. And the puzzles are based often on her strings that are coming from above the screen. You can't see who's holding the strings. And so mm-hmm. if there's a, a like a tree branch, you can't go under it because the strings get caught on it, right? You have to find a way to move the branch, oh, right? Geez. Or you can jump a long distance because someone's holding you and you're not going to fall. So you can jump long distances and kind of glide somewhere. And if that were all the game was, uh, that might be enough to just recommend it and try it. Oh, I should mention there's this minstrel narrating the entire show. And it's kind of a, oh, I don't know, as Abby skips from stone to stone, she's trying to find her way back home. (laughs) That kind of like little sing-songy thing. Yeah. Yeah. But about a third of the way through, it's hard to talk about how good this is without little spoilers, but I know how good it was that it won't ruin it. She starts to find out that maybe these strings that are holding her aren't required. Maybe the way she's being controlled 
old, though it was a safety net in the past, maybe there's another way to live. And the entire game, if you're looking deep enough, is this allegory for, you know, how people control other people or, you know, finding your own freedom and the danger in that, whether it be in a a social group or religion Mm. or a a spouse or a partner who's controlling. And the little minstrel guy starts to get a little like angry at you because you're trying to tear away from him. Oh, really? There's such a mind blowing kind of way that eventually the things that used to hold you back, hold back other people that are against you because they still have their strings. Such a neat little side scrolling adventure game. And it was over. Like I sat for a while going, wow, I, I've just got to think about like I could just stop at the game, but there's stuff to think about in the game. There's meaningful dialogue going on behind the scenes. That's pretty damn powerful. Wow. That sounds heavy. Yeah. Yeah. I went and took a look at the video while you were talking Mm -hmm. because I knew I was going to have about 20 minutes. So (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the trailer videos on Steam Mm -hmm. for this are gorgeous. It's definitely a very beautiful game. The first question I was going to ask you was, because I was watching the things as you were setting it up, how does her strings get away the branches and stuff? Because (laughs) in the trailer, she's just running along and I'm like, those strings would get caught up on that thing. (laughs) But I understand now it's a part of the game mechanic, which sounds like really fun. I love the Pinocchio aspect where she's trying to tear away and become Mm -hmm. her own thing. I I think it could be a a very fun game. I know how much it costs now because I looked on Steam, but I won't figure you ought to tell everybody. Yeah, so that's the thing. I told you it takes about two hours to play. It's worth replaying. Not that you're going to see different stuff, but you can play through it again and find achievements and whatever. It lists for like 18 bucks retail. For a short game, huh? Yeah, for a short game. Now, I bought it in that humble bundle. It was like five games for 10, so I paid you know, basically two bucks for it. Oh, okay. okay. The bundle cost less than the game cost at the time. So it was a no brainer to try. Look at $10 at $9.99. This is an Insta buy, even though it's not, you're going to not going to get your Corey's. You're not going to get an hour per dollar. The quality and the storytelling is Mm. worth it at about $10 price point. So if you can find it on sale, we'll put a link to it down in the description, but I don't know that I can recommend buying it. Like you said, George, at that full price, pretty steep where it is, but uh, a lot of gameplay for the value. If you can get a little cheaper, it's $3 off. If this is $14.99 as opposed to $17.99, I can buy this as a trial. But you're looking? when it goes above fourteen ninety nine, mm-hmm. too that's much. where they missed the mark. And I think what that's they thought was the mark was twenty dollars for this game. Yeah. Probably. I think yeah. they misread the marketplace a little bit. I think if you come down and go to fourteen ninety nine, you probably sell these things all day long. Yeah. And you know, if it's a five hour game, maybe you could say twenty. But for mm-hmm. ninety minutes, two hours, maybe not. Maybe yeah. not. Yeah. But yeah, I highly recommend it. Keep an eye out. A juggler's tale. Mo, how about you? What have you been playing? Well, I'm actually playing a game that we've played for years on Steam that's now on mobile. Okay. Shell Shock. Oh, hell. Oh, tanks. Tanks. Yeah, I'm not playing this game. Damn it. Because you guys are so far advanced from me, I can never compete. You well, guys have okay. every gear for every section in that damn thing. George, here's the good thing. You can't play mobile to PC, but you can't play mobile to mobile, and you have to start over. So we're all starting mm. even if we get it now. Starting at level one. <laughs> yeah, but you've already been playing it, so you're ahead. I'm not that far ahead. <laughs> okay. And on our Discord channel, where we sometimes play games, night. Uh, this is one of the games that sometimes comes up in our rotation every now and then. And to set up the game, basically it's a... 2D game, I guess it's a side view, where you basically have a tank and you're trying to kill the other tank (laughs) and the terrain is different heights Mm -hmm. and the thing that makes this game really fun is just the variety of weapons and the creativity behind it. It's it's very colorful. There's a great sound 
And let me tell you, the mobile game captures all of that. Mm. And this is, I don't get this one. Sometimes the gears don't line up on the mobile game. Yeah, that's bullshit. <laughs> well. The gears need to line up. That's problematic. <laughs> they still don't line up. So it's the same code, apparently. <laughs> I've heard Shellshock compared to an old PC game called Scorched Earth or Scorched Tanks, mm-hmm. which yeah, I think this was similar. based on a derived from. It's a pillbox thing. You're a tank, you move, yeah. trajectory, velocity, all that yep, thing, and try it. to blow the other guys up, which is infinitely fun to shoot George. Yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and it's just funny because, again, the variety of weapons and the creativity, and you know, you can have a weapon that puts somebody in a pit that they can't mm-hmm. get out of anymore. Get in, the <laughs> get in that hole. That's right. Yeah. And when John does that to you, it gets a little scary, it gets a little comfortable oh, for the fun. rest of us but that's okay it's, it's, it's part of the fun but i think it's a pretty excellent port and it's cross like any mobile can play with any other mobile so android ios you play with each other mm-hmm. but you just can't play with against like pc that is a against separate PC. yeah and so you're saying it started over so it's not loading your profile from nope. the if you had it already gotcha no, no, it's a brand new profile so i looked on google play for android mm-hmm. and it's not even a free trial it's like you want to play Five bucks, buy yeah, it. It's iOS, same thing. But it's a one-time, you get the whole thing forever. iOS, yep. same deal, five bucks? Yep, same yeah. deal. It's four ninety nine. yeah, five bucks. You buy it, no ads, you just play the game. That's that's how mobile should be. A good game for a flat price, leave me alone. That's that's all yeah, I want. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, and I played a couple of the, uh, you know, remember the beginning of the challenges that you play single player? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So I tried a couple of those just to see how they worked. Played exactly the same. You can move your tanks. You could trajectory. Mm-hmm. All that stuff works the same. So same challenges or new ones? This is just a port same, of the same original. Ones. Same ones. It's okay. just a port. Same ones. Same port. ones. Okay. But on your mobile. I can see that. Yep. Yeah. And it's a, it's a fun little game. I'm hoping you guys get it so we could try it out against each other. But I did play against somebody else who didn't really know how to play the game. So I beat them handily. But so still, yeah. it was still fun. <laughs> I got some Google Play bucks. I think five bucks is a good price for this myself. It is. We can probably talk George into it. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. If you're a diehard Gen X grown-up, you can pledge your support by clicking join on YouTube or by becoming a patron at genxgrownup.com slash Patreon. Announcing Sunoco's Sundial service. Now one pump can satisfy everyone. I'm a regular guy with a regular wife and regular kids. Can your pump satisfy my regular car? Dial regular. It's our very best seller. My car seems to be running very irregular on regular. Do you have something a little better? Dial plus. It's regular with extra octane. Only Sunoco's Sundial service has four unleaded grades. Now one pump can satisfy everyone. Before we wrap up the show, we always like to take just a second here toward the end to talk about the things we're either looking at now or looking forward to between now and the next time we get together. And George, I want to start with you and hear what's on the horizon. Yeah. So uh, obviously, first off, I'm looking forward to exploring Dungeons Dragons a little bit more. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm looking right. forward to sitting in some of those sessions, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, also, a new season of one of my favorite Netflix series is coming out May the 20th on Netflix, Love, Death and Robots. Season oh, yeah. Three. Oh, yeah. 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 
that looks I so love good. That show. Yeah. I saw the trailer. It looks yeah. so good. I have avoided all the trailers and everything because I have love you? watching these. I do know that the very first episode takes us back to a season one episode with the three oh. robots exploring humanity after oh, the yeah, apocalypse. Yeah. Those yep. three guys are coming back, <laughs> oh, which cool. will be fun. <laughs> oh, that's cool. It looks like there'll be a total of nine episodes in the season. So they're doing the shorter season like they did with season two, which was eight right. episodes. Okay. But I, I mean, the fact that they have all these different creators putting these episodes together and then putting them into the one format. Mm-hmm. I love it. I, I hope they do 20 seasons of this thing. It's great. Yeah. Scary, high quality animation. And then the thing that I'm looking forward to the most, ladies and gentlemen, Stranger Things season four, mm. volume one. Doodly doodly doodly. Oh, they're separating them out. It's going to be on May the 27th, <laughs> also on Netflix, volume two of season four uh, will be on July the 1st. So you're going to get four oh, episodes, so I believe, oh, okay, and then okay. five more episodes. So it's not like hmm. a year from now. So that's good. No, no, no. It's oh, just yeah. a couple of months <laughs> apart or a month and a half apart. Okay, good. I did find out that this will not be the final season, which is what we oh. talked about previously. They will oh, do a fifth yep. season. I think that might be stretching it just a little bit. These guys are getting a little older and the nostalgia <laughs> is starting to look a little weird. But um, we do get to find out what's going to happen with Hopper in season yeah. four. So mm, my man, I think it'll be a really fun, enjoyable experience. I love the fact that in the description for season four, they're calling it what happened at the end of season three with the battle of star court. <laughs> I, <just think> <laughs> I really <laughs> think that cracks me That's up. Perfect. Yeah. That's yeah. great. So it's going to be a blast. I'm looking forward to it. Stranger things is great. So that's it what is. I'm looking oh, forward to, John. Awesome. I'm sure you're looking forward to something as well. Yeah, man. So uh, first of all, I just learned about this new documentary. I think it's a short series, two or three episodes called George Carlin's American Dream coming mm-hmm. uh, the 20th on HBO Max. So this is a look back at the life and comedy of George Carlin with tons and tons of talking heads, current uh, modern comedians talking about his impact on just oh, everything wow. that he did and social commentary and how his comedy okay. was just cutting edge and love and miss George Carlin so much. And this series looks great yeah. coming again uh, just in a few days on HBO Max. The other one is another little series. It's hard to go wrong if you get Sir David Attenborough to narrate your uh, your show. Yeah. And uh, Apple TV Plus has this new multi-part documentary called Prehistoric Planet. It's one of those gorgeous 3D rendered dinosaurs in their natural habitat, but it's like a nature show. It's not like, oh, scary dinosaurs. It's like, oh, the egg's here and this this is a bird and he's trying to deal. It's approaching it like, let's look at the life of this dinosaur. And it oh, it looks so good. I saw a couple of trailers on it and it's just scary accurate. It's like, how is that not a real dinosaur? It looks so cool. <laughs> so eager to see that one coming May 23rd. Uh, and then finally, I myself am surprised that this was my main thing I was looking forward to, mm-hmm. but I saw the trailer for the Obi-Wan Kenobi miniseries yeah. over at Disney Plus coming May 27th. And as just kind of a sideline Star Wars fan, I am actually super in on this Obi-Wan Kenobi series. It looks yeah, so it looks promising. Good. Yeah, I think the only reason why this wasn't mine or Moe's main pick was because you typed it in. As Just because I, I jotted it down created. already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It was, well, I, I saw I'm like, I don't know, Obi-Wan Kenobi. I like you and McGregor. All that's great. Yeah. And I saw that scene where he's keeping an eye on Luke mm-hmm. over on uh, yeah. Owen and, and Beru's kind of little hut over there. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh shit, he's been monitoring him this whole time. This looks awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm just excited to see what they do with that. So yeah, it's coming yeah. May 27th, Disney+. Plus. I'm surprisingly 100% on board with this one. Ready. <laughs> How about you, Mo? What do you got coming up? So um, one is I totally forgot that 
a show that George actually recommended to us, and I started watching and watched the whole thing was Bosch, mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. ended, yep. and then Bosch Legacy is coming out, and I forgot that it already came out, and so yeah. I'm really looking forward to actually watching it. I think it's on Prime, so it started uh, May 6th. Looking forward to watching um, that. Um, actually. No, I hate that guy. <laughs> um, Uh-oh. actually. Did, he, did, he just, did that man just, um, actually me? He did. <laughs> so, yeah, so it is on Amazon. It's not on Amazon Prime, and oh. I'm, I'm pretty sure I know why. So Amazon has also, for years, had this other streaming service that started out as one thing, then it became IMDB TV, and you could watch stuff for free hmm. on it, but it's ad-supported. So no matter whether you have an Amazon oh. Prime membership or not, you're going to get ads. Ugh. Now they're calling oh, really? this thing Freevee. F-R-E-E-V-E-E. I have no idea what marketing TV genius came out is of. Free? I, who knows? <laughs> It's, it's rebranding done by the guys that changed sci-fi to S-Y-F-Y. Is it? Exactly. Yeah. 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 Which so, makes, is it Siffy? No, no sense whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. So it's on that. It got ads in it. You cannot avoid them. They are oh. part of the platform. So unfortunately, Ugh. you're going to have to watch it with the ads. I did watch the first episode of okay. this. That was good. And it is more of the same. It's very good. That's, that's if you great. enjoyed the original, you're going to enjoy it. That's what you want. One. Okay, yep. perfect. Perfect. Okay, well, good. Now, well, ugh, ads. Anyway, at least anyone can watch it. <laughs> Right? At least everybody yep. can watch it, right? Yeah. The other thing I'm looking forward to, uh, Top Gun Maverick is finally freaking coming finally. out. Finally, Right. Oh, boy. May yep. 27th. It's been in the can for, what, two years? I think Just so. Just sitting there. Just sitting there mm-hmm. on Just deck. Just sitting there. <laughs> nice. On deck. I got it. Definitely looking forward to that one. <laughs> <laughs> Mo just got it. <laughs> yeah, it, it took me a minute. And the last thing I'm looking forward to is uh, next weekend, I'm going to be going back to MegaCon for the first time in t- three years. Mm-hmm. Almost, yeah, three years, maybe. Almost three years. Yeah, yeah I missed the uh-huh. last two because obviously because of COVID. And then the year after, I was like, yeah. So now I'm going back. Maybe still COVID. Yeah, yeah maybe still like, COVID-y. No. I don't know. So yeah, I'm just going to go for the Saturday, Sunday. I might want to send some money with you because there's a star that's going to be there <laughs> that I've wanted an autograph for for a long oh, let time. Let me know, man. I'll absolutely get it for you. <laughs> Nathan Fillion apparently oh, yes, has he settled his differences with that corporation and he's going to be there. Yes, he is. Oh. And this has like been like a daddy daughter trip that we have done like five, mm-hmm. six years mm-hmm. in a row and then we had to stop. And so this is, we're picking it back up again. It's just me and my daughter. So she's happy cool. to get away from the Great. husband and the kids for a while. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I think it's just going to be a blast. You know, go there. It's, it's a fun one. If you guys haven't been to it before, it, it's in uh, Orlando, Florida, and it's not as big as Dragon Con but that's not a bad thing. It's a little bit more manageable than DragonCon, I think, because, I don't know, or maybe just the location because DragonCon was in those different hotels. And and DragonCon is spread out over a bigger area, but MegaCon has more attendees. Oh, does it? Okay. Yeah. Well, then maybe mm-hmm. it must be the setting because it's in the convention center. So getting around is not really a big problem. And it's all like one that. spot, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So definitely looking forward to that. So that's that's going to be my weekend next weekend. Yeah. All right. Hey, have a good time. You have to, hey, live blog. Send us pictures. Yeah. <laughs> I'll borrow your little chest thingy and I'll wear a cap. There you go. Borrow the, the chest mount. Right. Take a with you. Before we get out of this episode, I want to send a quick and heartfelt thank you to Huey over at Blast It or Stash It, who mm-hmm. rejoined us as a oh. patron over on Patreon.com. Oh. Awesome. He supported us for many years. Yeah. Uh, he had some other stuff he had to take care of, had to back away from that. You can't blame people when they got to have financial differences, but he was ready to jump back in with both feet, supporting us once again. Thank you, Huey. Welcome back. Glad to have you. And we love everyone who supports us, whether it be over on YouTube as a member, or as I mentioned, a patron over on Patreon.com. So grateful that 
that you continue to do that and help enable us doing what it is that we don't forget the super thanks now on youtube oh yeah that's right a new thing that they added right well hey financial whiz tell them about it george (laughs) so (laughs) it's been in existence for quite a while we've just been waiting to be approved for the service because they gave it to all their big channels to quote unquote test it out that's bullshit Uh, they just want to give them the heads up let them get most of the money before the rest of us get a little drink (laughs) at the trough but (laughs) essentially you can go to any one of our videos and there's a new button on there that says thanks and you can thank us for that particular video by donating Mm -hmm. just a dollar maybe it was an informative video that taught you how to do your own podcast or maybe it was a video that taught you about the latest in comic books or you know whatever it was or maybe it was a great review that helped you make a buying decision or saved you money because you you learned not to buy something or whatever it is yeah Yeah. it's it's just a way to say thanks I'm not above begging for everyone's money so (laughs) please click the button send us some thanks we really really appreciate it and it's what allows us to keep making these podcasts Mm -hmm. that you keep listening to yeah George (laughs) that's actually in your job description begging for money so good work well done thank you (laughs) (laughs) that's gonna wrap it up for this edition of the show we'll be back in two weeks of course with another one next week though is our backtrack where we pick a single nostalgic topic and dig in deep Mo just alluded to the fact that Top Gun Maverick is coming out in just a couple weeks and we are gonna go back at this opportunity on the eve of Top Gun Maverick and we are talking a backtrack all about the original 1986 Tom Cruise film Top Gun Man, that I went back and rewatched that one, yeah. and it holds up. What a powerful film! I just it's so good. So we're going to talk yeah. all about that one on our backtrack. If you're a Top Gun fan, or even if you're not, hope you'll join us for that episode. Until then, I am John George. Thank you so much for being here. Of course, yes, sir. Mo, you know I appreciate you, man. Oh man, always fun. And fourth listener, it's you. All three of us appreciate most of all, and we will talk to you next time. Bye bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. JetX Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. Unacceptable for grown ups. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a grown up. Uno Clay, hey, how you been? Were you waiting for him to respond? He's not here. I, yeah. <laughs> He's not here. He's not going to say how you been. <laughs> I'm fine. Let me out of the box. <laughs> Just clicked off the games off. Oh shit! Oh, I was I was over aggressive. I was scrolling too far. Thank you. <laughs> there we go. Just turn them all off. Sorry, we're running long. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> Hit Pass Moto, sponsored by Moto America, is the show that keeps you up to speed on the latest in motorcycling and brings the biggest names in motorcycle racing right to you. From candid interviews with the top names in racing to providing insights into the trends and trendsetters driving the motorcycle industry, we have you covered. New episodes are available every Thursday at pitpassmoto.com and on your favorite podcast app. Ride on!